Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Thriving Minds Podcast with your host, Walter Parada. I hope you find yourself in the right frame of mind, focusing on the things within your control. And if not, let's work to get back to what you can do instead of what you can't. So today's episode is about the different types of thinking. So have you ever wondered what your style of thinking is? Why you go through certain thought patterns or ways of how you solve problems? The way each one of us thinks affects how we go about our lives. One way of thinking is not necessarily better than another, and we might even display different types of thinking depending on the situation that we're in. Because we're fluid and can learn new things, we might jump from one type of thinking to another, so we're not just regulated to only one style. But many of us do have a tendency to think in a certain way, And knowing what that is can help us better manage ourselves to where we can improve the quality of our lives. The different ways we all think causes us to learn and comprehend in various ways, which explains why some excel in traditional school and and the work setting, while others thrive with more freedom, but others do well with a mixture of both, or others need that hands-on experience This can help explain why maybe someone struggles in school, yet that does not determine how bright or intelligent they are. If you look at at somebody like billionaire Sir Richard Branson, he dropped out of high school at the age of 16 to start up a media company and became a commercial astronaut. So this shows that school alone does not determine your success. Or it could be quite the opposite, where somebody really excels in the school system of that structured environment, yet when they're out on their own, they have a hard time finding that same type of success. So there's many different types of thinking, but the seven common types are creative thinking, analytical thinking, critical thinking, concrete thinking, abstract thinking, divergent thinking, and convergent thinking. Some of the advantages of knowing your type of thinking is you can better understand how to comprehend information better. So you'll know what motivates you, why things can be difficult or, or boring. This can help improve your interactions and build stronger relationships and improve the productivity and helps expand your mind. One thing that's always intrigued me is this very cookie cutter way of being taught information. The traditional school system of just sit in a classroom and get stuffed with a bunch of abstract information just seems so very ineffective. It's no wonder why students are really not compelled to pay attention to what the teachers have to say. It's just not relatable. The motivation really is not to fail instead of the urge to learn. So the teachers understand where they're coming from and they have years of experience, so that gives them the advantage. But I think for the most part, there's kind of like this unreasonable expectation set on students. And then we wonder why they don't care, why they don't want to learn. It's because they're being spoken to in a language that not a good fit for them. It simply comes down to their learning needs are not being met in how to best take in that information that suits them. So we'll explore each of these seven common types and come to find out how they might show up in your life and how you can use them to your advantage. So we'll get started and talk about creative thinking. And this refers to the ability to bring about new and innovative ideas 
by getting out of the accepted norms. It's what many people might refer to as thinking outside the box. So these are those pioneers that have a great vision that most people are really not going to be able to comprehend because it's coming from their very unique perspective. These types of people include those like the Wright brothers who had the idea to to fly one of the first airplanes or obviously someone like Henry Ford who brought the automobile to a level where it was common for people to get around quicker or inventors like Thomas Edison. But there's also the flip side of it when people say you're crazy for thinking that. This is the type of characteristics that fall into that category. But the great thing about this type of thinking, it can open up a whole new world of what's really possible. This will include those dreamers that are fixated on a world of what could be. I think we all have a little bit of this within us. And we might be wondering what our best life would look like. Or what fantasy land do I want to live in? Some of the common things that creative thinkers show is that ability to question things. To question themselves, others, and why things are done in a certain manner. In a world that wants obedience, this can make it difficult for creative thinkers to be accepted. But honestly, they're not to be accepted. That's why they have the ability to be outside of what's normal. They also show that ability to change their minds. They'll admit when they're wrong and say, you know what? That was a mistake on my end. And this is a great thing to have because according to research, about 70% of the decisions that we make turn out to be wrong in the long run. This gives them that mental flexibility to adapt so they can be successful at what they choose to do. Because the wheels start turning on wanting to make their ideas a reality, they're more inclined to continuously learn because they'll drift into unexplored territory. This can lead them to be more goal-oriented, knowing clearly what they're striving for, and they'll have less ego involved as they're more concerned about what's right than who's right. The next type of thinker is the analytical one, where they have structures and procedures to how to do things. Even their daily routine must be followed to help them be at ease. Almost like a checklist to make sure things are lined up in place so things go smoothly. Surprises typically are not welcomed, so there is more work required to handle when changes do come about. They can take what seems like one big thing and break it apart, examining each component so it becomes more comprehensible instead of seeing it as one big giant thing that's just overwhelming. Their need to get more information helps them find answers that they need. This could lead to consuming a lot of information that causes procrastination that makes it harder to make a decision as some decisions will not be so obvious. It could be very fine, minute details that make the difference and they can get hung up on them. But this makes them great problem solvers as they can see things separately and how they affect each other. Their focus will be laser-like where they can really get into the work that's in front of them. They just know how to limit the distractions that might be very common in everyday life. So they'll have very little time for fooling around and are straight to the point, right about their business. The advantage is it's very hard to fool them so they can spot out those that are trying to pull a fast one on them and will be quick to move on from that type of messing around. So their reliability makes them very trustworthy that ensures that they deliver consistently 
with excellence. Instead of just going with the flow, they can assess things to see what direction to take. So they're not afraid to go against consensus. This makes numbers more crucial as they'll want to quantify things to properly weigh the options available. They'll typically avoid going with the gut feel and data will drive them on a particular route to be taken. That system of checks keeps them balanced because they know or have a good idea of what to pay attention to. So the next type of thinker is the critical thinker. And this one carefully evaluates things and is good at being objective. There's still bias involved because each person leans on their own experiences and viewpoints to help navigate things. But this will not completely take over a critical thinker. This helps them to self-reflect, to find their blind spots and challenge their own thinking to make sure they have reasoned with it. They determine the accuracy or finding the worth in things. They'll deliberately take their time and will not solely rely on information, but also use kind of like a, a field to gauge things. Questions are what guide them forward, and then they'll have follow-up questions to understand more. It's almost like you're digging, right? You dig, and then you dig a little deeper, and you find more things, but that leads to more questions. Listening is a big component that they display as they're putting together what they have taken in. This leads them to communicate very effectively because they've grasped the ideas that they've processed, and this results in the quality of what they say. Being careful with their words is crucial because they understand that it carries more weight and, and meaning than just saying things to be heard. Combining all these components together is what gives them the ability to be very decisive. They've thought through enough of scenarios and situations that they're very confident going forward with their choices. So with any decision, there's still a, a level of uncertainty that is always going to be present. But that feel that they've developed along with their experiences helps them guide them to, to make a decision. Even if they make a wrong decision or a bad one, it's preferable to not making one at all. This comes in great when making difficult choices and, and it makes them more accountable. So they won't shy away from taking calculated risks, which can prove to be very rewarding or very costly. And even if they suffer from a big setback, they can move past those unsettling feelings to see what was gained from their experience. Over time, this helps them make significant progress in their life. The next type of thinking is concrete thinking, which involves being practical, where one can see what's going on. Something that they can touch and, and see makes things more understandable. It's extremely beneficial during difficult times such as a trauma-like experience because it helps to separate the emotional sharpness from being objective. This lessens some of the negative effects that helps build that resilience and handle themselves with greater composure. Concrete thinking has shown to reduce depressive symptoms as it counteracts the tendency to ruminate and, and worry where we're just constantly replaying things over and over again. So in high-pressure situations, this way of thinking aids in staying calm, being able to regulate emotions from running the show so they can perform effectively. Sometimes 
experiencing stage fright or the moment being too big comes from our imagination running rapid into the disasters that could happen that causes that nervousness or even those wonderful things that occur that can throw off our focus. These wild thoughts makes us fixated on the result and we might forget about the process along the way. But concrete thinking helps to focus on what's in front of us where it's solely about the task at hand and it truly becomes about taking things step by step. This results in being highly effective in executing objective because you're not too far ahead of yourself and you're not too far back looking at what happened. Where it's about staying in the moment, being even keel, and emotions do not get too high or low. It's what many might see as performing at a high level during critical times because the moment is not seen as too big. It's just another moment. With concrete thinking, there tends to be a little less empathy involved and imagination might be limited. This might restrict opening up to people where others might not feel connected. This could be a good thing in a sense because those with this style of thinking makes them more efficient with their time. So they'll be less willing to use their time on, you know, silly little chit chat. Overall, the results are you learn well from your experiences because of that ability to be objective. Sometimes when we recall a memory, how we feel affects how we recall it. So if we had a great or bad time, this overrides what happened and it becomes about why you felt the way you did. The next typical style of thinking is abstract, where it is random things being related to one another, where they add up and connect with each other, looking for possibilities and finding meaning from what might seem ordinary. It tends to be centered around theories that can lead one to many different routes. The gears are constantly turning, pairing things together to see if they mesh well. Because of this style, it is like creative thinking because it's about creating something new. There is a higher tendency to describe things in metaphors and form theories about why things happen. It helps move past what's physically seen to allow to be ahead of change. Their curiosity leads them to see the bigger picture and how things come together. So instead of just taking in an incident that could be taken in as random, they'll further explore it to see if it's correlated to something else, you know, looking for a pattern. Abstract thinking can sometimes get lost in thought where the future can be seen with fear because of catastrophic possibilities. This can lead to higher levels of anxiety based on their own experiences. Those difficult times that they experience can lead to clinging on to painful memories, replaying them over that causes one to stay stuck in place. The great thing about this is that it allows one to think through complex ideas and problems and solutions in very unique ways. It further develops that resourcefulness needed when a wall is hit. It makes one more fluid where they can take in new information and pick it apart to build on their strengths. The sixth common style of thinking is that of divergence, which is an unstructured way of thinking that's centered around finding the most effective way by searching for as many possible solutions. So it goes beyond just fixing things, but 
what caused things to break or, or unravel. By understanding how things function, it gives a long-term view that is willing to exercise patience for what is best instead of making things happen quickly only for it needing to be maintained more frequently. So if there's a car issue, instead of just fixing it quickly to get things going for it to be needing to be repaired a couple days later, you know, a divergent thinker is really going to understand what caused it and what's going to be the best long-term solution so they don't have to continuously maintain it. By understanding how things function, it gives a long-term view that is willing to exercise patience for what is best instead of making things happen quickly, only for it to be maintained more frequently. This gives greater emphasis on the sustainability of implementing ideas. So a common thing that many of us worry about is how to make a living. And in the short term of needing money, it might compel us to find the quickest way to do so, which could lead to compromising what we want to do instead of searching and working for what we really want. So that divergent thinking will be more focused on pursuing what you really want, willing to take that pain in the short term for that long-term satisfaction. It's a free way of thinking that happens very fast where ideas are just firing off and they'll be explored to see if it's something worth pursuing. Time is not so much important as the quality of what's delivered. So deadlines are not what divergence thrives on. Because the ideas and solutions can be found at any time. Maybe even when you least expect it. Obviously, productivity is not going to be measured in a set time period. But we'll be more concerned with the quality of the results. So instead of doing 20 things, it becomes about maybe only doing 2 or 3 really great things. If you think about a to-do list, sometimes they can be never-ending where you have where you might have 17 things that need to get done, which include things like wash the dishes, wash the clothes, clean the floor, clean the bathroom, pick up the groceries, all in a day. And this can give a sense of accomplishment. Sometimes we need those reminders of you know, what needs to get done. But divergent thinking is more focused on a handful of things that can take a few weeks or months to get done. This could be landing that big sales client that you've been working at or finishing that term paper that you put all your energy to. The seventh and final common type of thinking is convergent. That's focused on finding the one correct answer. Reflection and logic are used to find the answer or solution where creativity is not part of the process. So think of standardized multiple choice tests. These are great examples of convergent thinking where it is vertical and specific that results in an exact, unique answer. This style of thinking leaves no room to wiggle, that there's no different options available. It's about knowledge, action, and precise results. Those decisions in situations that can be complex come in very handy because of the ability to not be impulsive or passionate about it. Convergence thinking looks for specific criteria to move forward in solving problems. They'll be confident and secure in their decisions because they have evaluated different alternatives and they'll select the one that they see as the best and most concrete. So when the stakes are high, convergent thinking really helps when under pressure because emotions are kept in check that 
that allows logic and critical thinking to, to lead the way. This shows up in our daily lives where the tangible things are seen and understood that make clear what action needs to be taken. Things like a traffic light or a stop sign are logical information on what needs to be done to drive safely. If you don't follow them, it can cause potential damage. It makes things clear so there's no confusion on what's the difference as it can mean staying safe or being hurt. It makes the system or information at hand constantly reliable. But this way of thinking can overlook that there can be multiple correct ways to do things. It can bring down the mood of others because of the serious tendency that one takes to focus on reasoning through situations. This makes one less flexible, which could be both beneficial and a hindrance. The reliability of doing things well is something that's highly sought after, but so is finding ways to make things better, which will involve change and sometimes information alone is not enough to move forward with a decision. In cases like this, that is where that intuition helps lead the way in those unclear moments. Now, we got to remember that these are just seven common types of thinking. There's obviously more than this, and you're not only regulated to one, but you do have a tendency to have a certain style of thinking where it becomes your default mode. The seven have some sort of commonality to them, but they also have their differences that distinguishes between each other and you're going to come to find out that you might be using a hybrid of some. Depending on the situation that you're in or the people that you're around, you might even show characteristics of traits that you might typically not use. I'm a strong believer that we can develop our thinking styles to benefit us. So while we have our natural way of how we take things in, we can also take certain aspects of other styles to enhance our experiences. When you can come to understand your thinking tendency, you're going to better understand what motivates you, why you make certain decisions, and, and how you can leverage that to enhance the quality of your life. This makes you more aware of yourself to catch certain biases that might be getting in the way of the progress that you want to make. Each of these common styles of thinking have their strong and weak points, so one is not better than another. It all depends on the situation you're in, and how it's used. It won't matter how creative you are if you're unable to make it concrete. Otherwise, it's just fantasy. Just like being an analytical thinker is not going to help you meet more people that can enrich your life. Recognizing what each thinking style offers can help you know how to use them and how to avoid certain pitfalls that cause a certain headache. This can help you find certain tendencies that you might have not realized before. So you actually catch yourself before you do something well or before you do something poorly. So when an abstract thinker finds out their thinking style, they'll be more patient with themselves when they're fearful of what could happen in the future. They'll realize that fear is coming from the catastrophe that could happen. And if necessary, one can prepare in case it does happen that eases some of the concerns. Emergency preparedness is a great example where instead of fear the worst, those involved are actually ready when it does occur or even work to minimize certain outcomes. If you're satisfied with your way of thinking, well, then that works out great for you because you can just continue to do what you've done. But if you're not satisfied 
or you just want to incorporate a new way of thinking. It just takes effort to adopt a particular style. Being around people who think a different way from you is going to help you think that way too. This helps to combine what you're naturally good at to further yourself. The more you're able to try this, the more brain pathways you form that helps keep your memory sharper. It makes learning something new less daunting because you experience consuming enough unfamiliar ideas and and information that you know how to handle the beginning stages. Often, being able to withstand the early stages of taking on something new determines your success because while you might not achieve what you want in the short term, that consistent effort builds your persistence and that's going to be needed when you're truly committed to your pursuits. Take the time to find out your thinking tendency. Write out your thoughts and how you play things out in your head and review them to notice certain trends. This helps you to see things from an overhead perspective instead of getting wrapped up in the thinking of only the now. Knowing what thoughts you're constantly processing, then you know where you're headed because that's where your energy is going to. Once you find your thinking style, track to see if anything significantly changes, whether your decisions become better or if you just enjoy things a lot more. Well, I hope this podcast served you in some way. If you're interested in more topics like this, become a Thriving Minds member at www.thrivingminds.live. It's your personal development resource to help you live empowered, building that right mindset so you can thrive. All right, until next time.